The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. This fucking dumb Oasis song in my head. I can't remember the whole thing. Is it Champagne Supernova? No, but I do love that song. Is it Wonderwall? No, it's, um, uh... Don't look back in anger. I heard you say. I don't know why, but it has been in my head, and I made Douglas do it earlier thrice. And apparently, he hates Oasis. So you learn something new about your partner every day. Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. I am indifferent towards our Oasis. That's fine. I'm Jackie Zabrowski, and you know what? I think I love Oasis. Yeah. I am not too familiar with them, but I just thought the Don't look back in anger. Yeah. <laughs> Say. You are really turning into like a middle-aged woman with your uh, musical taste, the way you talk about it. Like, I'm not familiar with them, but I love that song. I love the hits. I'm all about the hits. Well, I think, I, you know, I am wearing a long turtleneck right now. So, a flowing turtleneck. So, I guess, you know what? Put me up there. I'm fine to be in my middle age. <laughs> flowing turtleneck and loving that Oasis song. <laughs> And I mean, you know, Champagne Supernova, key, pivotal to my high school years. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Every time I hear that song, in fact, to a point that I almost get choked up. That pivotal? Mm Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, it just makes me think of, like, driving around in Toyota Corolla, getting stoned with my friends on the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Florida! I could only imagine you, like, getting stoned at 14 and... It's champagne supernova. Hell yeah. Champagne supernova in the sky. And it just meant so much to me. That's a weird song to latch on to. Really? Is it? I think so. I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like every time I play it at work, everyone's just like, God damn, I love this song. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Now that I'm thinking about the... <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And then just like in the beginning, it's just like that slow, uh, you know, it's, uh, there's just something about it just, you know, brings me back. Yeah, man. Well, speaking of friends, we had a pretty damn good time on Saturday night. We did. Yeah, it was one of those things where, you know, we're also extremely busy lately uh, with, you know, just various things. And, you know, anybody who listens to this show or listens to Cape Comedy Radio knows that, you know, we all work together, but we're all friends as well. But since we're all so busy, we don't actually get to hang out with each other that much anymore. Where it used to be, we'd all hang out and get fucked up pretty much every single night. Almost, I, I would say every single night, yes. I would go ahead and say every single <laughs> night. Yeah, yeah. Let me amend that. <laughs> to say every night. For many, many, many years. Yeah. Uh, but we don't really get to do that anymore. But Saturday night, we got to do that for the first time in months. And I, I think people forget that it's like, oh, but you guys see each other all the time, but we're always working. Yeah. And we're not just hanging out and talking like friends most of the time. And uh, and having that, I don't know, it made me, at the end of the night, I, I didn't want it to end. Yeah. I felt like a kid where I was like, no, no. No, I can keep going. <laughs> I can keep going. Well, we can't keep going the way we used to because also we have things to do the next day. Yeah, we have things to do the next day, and uh, we also can't stay awake that long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, personally. No. But yeah, and it's like, and for me, it's like I'm on medication where I can't drink that much because I just fall asleep. And it's just, it's weird to just really to realize when you're finally, like, oh, it took me until I became 30 to become an adult. Yeah. And most people, that ends at college. You know, a lot of people grow up faster than we do, than we were, that we were allowed to hold on to it longer. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm appreciative of that. 
Actually, I am. I'm extremely appreciative of that. But then now, uh, I I was sad yeah. when I woke up Sunday morning because I had to go immediately to a shoot. I had to work all day, but I was still sad because I don't know when we're going to have another night like that. Yeah. And being an adult sucks. <laughs> it totally blows. It sucks, man. <laughs> Champagne supernova. I just want to just think about not doing homework and who gives a fuck. But at the time, it's so, you know such a such a big thing. You know, it's like oh, I gotta get to class next day. It doesn't fucking matter. It yeah. does matter. It does matter. Yeah, of course it matters. But I just you know it, it's interesting. I just feel like everything is different now. Yeah. And but it's great because Marcus has moved into my neighborhood, and for the first time in years, we're all we're all closer to each other. Which is great that we can, you know, for all intents and purposes, hang out more, mm-hmm. but we know that we can't. Yeah, we know that, like, it's, it's so close yet so far away. Yeah. Uh, because we do have so many things going on uh, all the times that, and, you know, and that's the other thing is that we can't, we can't get as wrecked as we used to uh, because the next day the hangover is so ridiculously. So much worse. It's so much worse. Uh, and, you know, and also for me personally, like, just for the sake of my mental stay, like, I can't go out and get fucked up anymore that often because the hangover also includes a mental hangover as well uh, where going out and getting fucked up is really fun but then all of that good feeling just gets sucked right out gets sucked right out and it's not replaced with anything so it's just like this weird empty shell like feeling Uh, which thankfully I didn't have this Sunday actually this Sunday I woke up feeling great and then just continued feeling great because I had a day off but do you think it's also because that you're me- because of your journey of medication well I think the medication is actually I mean the medication is helping out like a motherfucker like it's actually working out really well I'm just dealing with more uh, side effects now one of the side effects being it's like you know I used to be able to go out 10 15 20 beers uh, and not be fine be fucked up but still drink all night long I mean shit we used to go till 4 a.m. and then go back to someone else's place until 6 a.m. Mm. Uh, but now it's like six or seven beers uh, and I'm ready to go to bed uh, because this medication like it already makes me a little bit drowsy and then you add booze on top of that and I'm out like a light uh, not in any sort of like dangerous way it's not like I'm fucking with Xanax or anything yeah. uh, and alcohol uh, but it is still kind of out like a light. And speaking of out like a light, uh, my dreams have been insane recently because I'm finally reaching deep sleep again. Uh, and my dreams have never been pleasant. Uh, I've always had terrible nightmares and just dreams and just a very fucked up dream world since I was a little kid. Uh, but I haven't really been reaching deep sleep for a long time, but now that I'm reaching it again, I'm waking up every morning damn near miserable because I've been in a place of misery all night long, just in my head, just this horrific nightmare dreamscape uh, all night long of misery and sadness and disappointment. Like That's just where my brain goes. That's where my brain lives, just lives in that spot. Uh, And it's been that it's been in that place for forever it's like uh my dreams look like you ever seen a racer head yes that's what my dreams look like (laughs) 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 with the with the lamb baby (laughs) (laughs) so just like a like a just a state of upset (laughs) 
is where you live in your sleep. Yeah, upset and unsettled. Yeah, where it's just like bleeding chickens uh, and gray and industrial. It's like they look like a racer head and they sound like the uh, the least fun Tom Waits songs. Mm. Like that's kind of dreary. Like, dreary. Well, that's also that's why I love Tom Waits so much is because it sounds like what my dreams feel like, uh, and that's why I love a racer head so much because it looks like what my dreams look like uh and the problem with that though is that i'm going every day from a good life to this horrific landscape and trying to come back out into a good life every morning and realizing that this is the one that's real that this is the one that i actually live in is that that my you know dreamscape is not where i live that's not where uh my day-to-day actually is that's just where I go when I sleep and so when I wake up in the morning uh, having to adjust to life again has been very difficult because mornings are always the worst for me anyway. I always feel much better at night than I do in the mornings. Uh, So now I'm trying to figure out how to deal with horrible dreams all night and then waking up and living life again. Now I remember especially during my crazy... and when I'm going through a special angry times, uh, it was more, you know, years and years ago that I had such awful dreams that were so violent, mm-hmm. which, you know, makes sense, but also filled with a lot of failure that have you started dream journaling? No. Dream journaling is something that I learned in anger management that really helped me a lot. That anytime you wake up from a dream of any sort, or that you remember in the morning, you remember any anything that you can remember, write it down. Hmm. There's something about, I forget how she used to put it, there's something about seeing it awake and visualizing it awake helps you separate the dream world from reality. And to try and remember it rather than trying to forget it yeah. makes you focus on it more that allows your brain to settle. I don't know the technical terms of that, but it really did help me try and figure out what was going on inside of me and why I felt the need to have that every night and and seeing it on a piece of paper and being like, huh, and then I'd bring it in and we'd talk about it. Mm-hmm. it even if you, you only remember bits and pieces, just a vision of, of just one thing, that even though it is a subconscious, that there's something there that you can at least deal with and there's something about the lack of control that allows your brain to fall into it harder yeah and the more control that you can try and grab on it the help the more helpful it is i did a lot it was like the meditating before going to bed meditating right when you wake up in the morning as well as um trying to be i i worked on i did a lot of uh Practices. I think you can look them up online of conscious dreaming, mm-hmm. of being able to um, control what's happening. Lucid dreaming. Lucid dreaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of flip, flipping on the flight switch, pinching yourself. And that's what I would do every day is I would pinch myself throughout the day. And then I got to a point that if I was in a dream and I pinched myself and I didn't feel anything, I knew it was a dream. And then I would wake up myself up. Because I was actually pinching myself in bed. Weird. But it's a practice that you have to get used to that if pinching yourself doesn't work for you, it's the turning on lights on and off in reality. So you come into the studio and you do it over and over again and say, I have control over this. 
I have control over this. You put it in your brain. And then in a dream, you find a light switch. And you will. The more you practice it, you will find a light switch. And you will turn it on and off. And the lights don't change. And you realize that you're dreaming. See, I wish I could do that because I have so such little control. Like, I've died in dreams before. And the dream keeps going without me. Start dream journaling. Yeah, all right. Good Make a because conscious the dreams effort. are yeah, but you know the weirdest thing. You know when the dreams are the worst Sunday nights. So I wake up Monday morning, hating Mondays. Yeah, well you got the Garfield syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Have a tin of lasagna. <laughs> no, but there's the because you know that you're going into therapy the next day. Yeah, because you know that is the beginning of the week. That no matter what it is, that it's like if you know that there's something happening tomorrow, your brain is like let's. Lose control of it. <laughs> Let's get all fucked up, everybody. You know, and and it just I had a lot of dreams. My problem was being hunted yeah. was my big issue, and it was just it, I was hunted every night, and and I didn't know what to do about it. I mean, I would just wake up screaming every night, and then I would just be angry about it. Yeah, and I wouldn't be able to fall back to sleep. I uh, have a lot of dreams where I accidentally kill people. Yeah, loss of control. Mm-hmm. But I, I know I it, there's so there's not a lot of stuff out there. I mean, there's a lot of bullshit out there on mm. dreams. But the, I think it's interesting to try and teach yourself how to control it. Yeah, All and right. it will help. It's the best I can do because I gotta try. I gotta try something because these dreams are driving me fucking insane, man. They're driving me batty. Yeah, so I Take think it's control. a good idea. Taking control, and I know you can. Well, especially because you are so in touch with. What's going on in your brain? Too in touch. But that's that's what I mean. That you can't. There are other aspects that you can control. Yeah, yeah. I feel like lately, like I'm uh, kind of stuck in a corner again. Because it used to, for a while there, I was really good at about exploring my mind uh, and really visiting different parts of it, uh, checking in with different aspects of myself. Uh, but now I feel like I'm kind of stuck in a room again. But that's I think having a lot to do with being in a new situation or multiple new situations. You know, like with everything taken off here, uh, moving into uh, an apartment with my girlfriend, uh, being in a good relationship, uh, it is very overwhelming to try to process all this stuff. So I haven't really been able to explore myself a hell of a whole lot lately. So I got to get the fuck out of there. I got to get, I got to do more exploration on my own because if I've been talking about, I've been talking lately a lot about uh, not doing therapy anymore uh, or at least getting to the point where I don't need it anymore. If I do that, then I've got to be sure that I stay in self-exploratory mode. Otherwise, I'm going to be stuck in this corner for fucking ever. But I do think that you should at least start meditating when you wake up in the morning. All right. I think that that will be a good way for you to let it go. All right. Let it go. Meditate in the morning. Dream journal. All right. Let's do it. All right. Want to get to the letters? Yeah. First one is a response uh, to our squirrel eggs letter from episode 174. <laughs> uh, squirrel eggs. <laughs> uh, and what that letter was about is essentially a girl uh, who uh, her boyfriend uh, pretty much wouldn't let her do anything without him under the auspices of, I've got PTSD, I need you to take care of me. Um so on and so forth. Uh, This is what the listener had to say. Hey, Jackie and Marcus, just listen to episode 174 and had a comment about the woman whose boyfriend is driving her friends away. I might be reading too much into it, but some of what she was 
highlighting sounds like it could be a sign of an emotionally abusive relationship. Her characterization of him is excessively jealous and controlling, and in particular how he drives away every friend she makes and keeps her isolated. She claims it's due to his anxiety, but it seems like it could be more than that. She says he has to get his way. She's not allowed to go places without him other than work, threatening to leave when she tries to assert independence, making his freakouts her fault like she isn't easing him into things. He goes to college while she stays home and cooks and cleans. He spends weekends in bars alone, but she wasn't allowed to until she was 23. A friend of mine was in a relationship almost exactly like this, and it continued to escalate and become very dangerous for her. I know it's hard to make judgments from one email, but it sounds like she could be in a situation where she needs help. She could also check out the National Domestic Abuse Hotline uh, to see signs of abuse. So yeah, go to uh, thehotline.org for more information about that. Anybody who feels like they're in that type of situation, please check that out, Uh, especially uh, our girl who wrote in. I feel like sometimes it is scary when you're in a relationship to, I feel like, I imagine especially for squirrel eggs to be like, that's not abuse. Yeah. It's not abuse. But when you when someone else sees it from the outside, because when you're immersed in it, you feel like saying the word abuse is escalating it, mm-hmm. that, that it's an unfair escalation when it's not. Abuse comes in many colors. And I think that sometimes it's scary when you don't want to admit to yourself that I am being abused because there's so many different ways you can be. And it doesn't mean as nothing to say about you yeah. being abused. I mean, I feel like a lot of people, you know, I've been in that situation before. I know you've been in that situation before. Oh, yeah. That, that it, it's almost embarrassing to admit to yourself that this is abuse. But what it is, is it's, it's you daring to take the freedom mm-hmm. back. And I think that, you know, at least look up the hotline. I think that that's, I think it's a great letter. I think, I think she's right. Yeah, check it out. And the thing is about abusers is a lot of times, especially when it comes to psychological and emotional abuse, is a lot of time the abusers, they don't see themselves as abusers. Right. You know, someone who uh, beats up their significant other, yeah, that person like, okay, I'm an abuser, but I do it for whatever reasons, that for whatever justifications they may have for their terrible behavior. Uh, but some Somebody who is emotionally abusive, a lot of times they don't realize that they're being abusive. They don't realize uh, that what they're doing is so terribly harmful. Uh, so if you are able to define this as abuse, then you can take that to him and say, like, look, listen, this is what you're doing to me. This is, you know, by many definitions, this is abuse. We got to work on this. We got to figure out a way to get you to stop doing this bullshit or else I'm going to leave. Uh, and that's part of emotional abuse is I think a lot of people don't realize that they're actually doing it. They believe that they're, this is just how a relationship goes because that's how they learned how to do a relationship. They learn how to do a relationship from someone who was also emotionally abusive. So they think that's just the way to do it. Right. Uh, so check it out, you know, just because if you check it out and see that, okay, yeah, this is an abusive relationship, talk to him about it. Figure it out. Uh, And if he doesn't want to change, if it keeps escalating into a dangerous spot, then you got to get the fuck out of there. All right. Next letter? Yeah. Okay. What are we going to call this man? He's a man. Banana nub. (laughs) (laughs) The nub of a banana. Oh, yeah. Okay. The important peely part. Uh, 
I was thinking of something different. Ah. <laughs> no, no, no. I meant like what you hold on to to yeah. start the peel of the banana. <laughs> even though technically, apparently, you're supposed to peel it from the other way, but I won't even get into that. What? I don't remember why. <laughs> I just remember I was peeling a banana from the nub like you do. Yeah. And then I think it was Ed that told me that you're technically supposed to peel it from the other side, that it makes it easier to peel rather than trying to rip off the top. Mm -hmm. You grab the bottom nub and you rip it from there. Well, if there's one person that would know it's bananas, it's Ed. He really loves his bananas. (laughs) So, I mean, I guess, you know, (laughs) right from the horse's mouth. (laughs) Monkey's mouth, I guess, with the amount of bananas he eats. (laughs) All right, here's here's the letter. Almost two years ago, I went through an awful breakup. I was an amster struggling with some severe depression and anxiety. My girlfriend of three years broke it off, saying it was becoming difficult to love me, something I've heard Jackie express on the show about her and Doug's past breakup. I took it really hard and did not have the maturity or perspective to understand. Now, two years later, I see I was not fulfilling her needs and that I was so depressed and stagnant that I was likely influencing her in a multitude of negative ways, as well as not treating her with the love, respect, and enthusiasm she deserved. I feel absolutely horrible about it and continue to have dreams about her, and I attribute this to the fact that I left it on such an awful note and have not been able to apologize to her. I've talked to my friends, but they have all said it is a terrible idea to reach out, even though I don't have any illusions about rekindling things. My conscience tells me that I wronged her, though, and I feel like I can't reclaim my self-esteem until I've reached out and thanked her for the near-bottomless support she gave me during the most awful period of my life and apologized for being such a burden and oblivious-slash-negligent boyfriend. I have no idea what her reaction would be, and we have had zero contact since she broke it off. Is a best to respect her wishes and not reach out or should I go with my conscience and attempt to either call her or get together for a brief meeting for me to share my peace your candor and time is much appreciated and I think you two are fantastic and hilarious thank you thank best you. Um, banana nub I don't think that you should you don't think so as as someone uh, you know I have been in a similar obviously real uh, situation before what you have to remember is that hopefully the fact that you have no contact with her, she has healed mm-hmm. by now. And I feel like that if you do contact her to apologize for all those things, not only is it backpedaling for her, it's backpedaling for you as well. You've also come far since then. And and I don't know, this is just a, you know my own personal opinion on this, but I feel like you two getting together for a drink to rehash all of those things, to bring it all back to someone that is not unbiased, it's not a therapist, it's not a friend, it's not, you know, it's, it's to her, might just rip open a bunch of shit that she doesn't want to open up yeah. for both of you. And I don't, I don't think that it's a good idea. I don't think getting together is a good idea or a phone call is a good idea. What might be a good idea is an email. Yes. I think an email is fine. Not a text. You know, text is weird because text implies that there that you have to get back or something like that. Text is a bad idea. But maybe an email of just saying like, hey, and also saying like, hey, you do not have to respond to this at all. In fact, I'm not expecting a response. I just wanted to say thank you for standing with me as long as you did. I'm sorry for my behavior back then. I just wanted to get this off my chest uh, and let you know. Um, But on the other hand, you got to ask yourself, who are you doing this for? Are you doing it for her or are you doing it for you? You know, are you doing it uh, for her because you truly want her to know how much you appreciated her uh, standing by you back then? 
or are you doing it because you want her to forgive you because you want her to say it's okay if you're doing it because and be honest with yourself about this if you're doing it because you want her to say it's okay then don't do it if you're doing it because you truly want to express your remorse and your appreciation for then do it uh because that'll come through uh, it'll come through in what you write, uh, what your true intentions are. Uh, and that's got to be your biggest question. Why are you doing this? Are you doing it for you or are you doing it for her? Uh, and if you're just doing it for you, then your biggest thing with this is uh, you've got to forgive yourself for it um, because she can't because you're looking for forgiveness that's what you're looking for right now you're looking for forgiveness uh, and you're not quite able to give it to yourself uh, and having been in a relationship uh, I haven't been in a, a, a situation very 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 much like this uh, she forgiving me did not matter anywhere near as much as forgiving myself did. That's what mattered most. That's what finally got me over it. Uh, after many years of feeling terrible about it, regretting how I acted, uh, not necessarily regretting the breakup, but regretting how I acted uh, and asking myself what might have been, uh, what really helped and what finally got me out of it and got me to stop thinking about it is forgiving myself for it. Uh, and I think that's what you're looking for here. And I think... It is a soul search to find out where you are coming from. I mean, I did. It is not this exact situation, but I I believe I've talked about this on here before that I sent out emails to the four girls that I made their lives miserable as a bully for years. Mm -hmm. And three of them, two of them responded and were like, I haven't thought about this in years. It's okay. One of them didn't respond. And one of them sent me the most visceral email back that, I was just, it, I was coming from a place of just saying, I was awful. I am different now. I just need you to know that, you know, I apologize for everything that happened. And that is what she came back at me with. It's like, you're doing this for yourself. You can go fuck yourself. I, I, I would love to watch you die. I mean, she wrote some of, and I was broken for a while about it. And then I realized that I, I don't think I was doing it for me. Yeah, I wanted them to to say I forgive you and to not get that back. I, I mean, it put me immediately back into therapy because I, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 and I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that to hurt them about something that, that I thought that maybe they just forgotten about, but you don't forget about that shit. No. And that girl, you know, I was bad to, and I can't take it back. And I tried to do that, but I did it for me. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work out. But this is different, too, where you didn't end on... You didn't do anything awful to her. You know, it it didn't. It doesn't seem like it. That, no. that it just didn't work out. So hopefully that the reaction wouldn't be as visceral. I would suggest maybe writing out the letter on pen and paper before you even write the email. Mm-hmm. To see where you would go. To see what you would discuss. I think there's something about writing it down, too, that makes it more real rather than writing in an email. And I think that that might, even just looking at it, tell you where you're coming from. Yeah. But I, you know, that's why, I guess that's why I don't mean to be so hesitant about it. It just, that kind of thing scares me where I've also gotten emails from people of the past, too, where I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you. 
fuck you for bringing this back up. I don't want to talk to you ever again. But again, it ended poorly. Yeah. So it, it is, it, it, it depends on how you come at it. I think Marcus is completely right. Yeah. Because uh, I've also got a uh, an email from an ex-girlfriend saying, doing, saying something somewhat similar about being, you know, sorry I was emotionally unavailable during that time. And it did make me pissed off because I'd gotten over it. Like I had gotten over her. I had stopped thinking about it. I, w- I had moved on to something else. But then when she sent me the email, God, it brought so much shit back. It brought back a lot of shit and caused problems in my life at that time because it brought so much back. Um, so fuck, I don't know what to tell you, man. But honestly, I feel like in this situation, if all of your friends, not that you should always listen to your friends, but if these are friends that you truly open up to, and your good friends are telling you not to do it, mm-hmm. they might be seeing something that we don't know. Yeah. And I think that like you can't always listen to everybody, but if everybody's telling you that, remember that perspective, that you don't have it, you're in it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know if they talk to her or if they know things that we don't know, which obviously they do, I, I feel like that's what makes me be like, maybe you shouldn't. Yeah. And- then you write it down for yourself. It's the journaling. It's it's. Get, then you at least get it out. Yeah, get it out and uh, forgive yourself because that's really what you're looking for here. Because also you didn't, you know. Again, it's it, it's our responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not your fault that you were like that. And the fact that you are taking control of it is what matters most. Yeah, and that that is where forgiveness comes is making peace with yourself, and that is what you're doing, and that's the hardest part. I mean, I forgive you. <laughs> I forgive you, too. <laughs> all right, that's all we got time for this week. Thank you very much, everybody who wrote in. Uh, we got a ton of other emails to get to, uh, but if you got something to uh, say to us, if you got a question, if you got a comment, cavecomedyradio at gmail.com is the email address to send it to. Uh, make noise be free, fuckers. Don't look back in anger. Yeah. I heard you say. Listen to Oasis. <laughs>